All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth-building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. In about two weeks, we'll be headed out to Brooklyn for the third installment of Afrotech Executive, where corporate executives, venture capitalists, and tech moguls will all come together in a more focused experience to ideate the future and build together, this time specifically with value for black women in business. And I invite you to learn more about it and to join us. Visit experience.afrotech.com. If you're down to join us, use my code. A-T-E-22 will and get 10% off your ticket. A-T-E-22 W-I-L-L get 10% off your ticket. Join us in Brooklyn for Afrotech Executive the second one in 2022 but the third one overall. That code does expire on 323 so please join us in Brooklyn it's going to be a phenomenal time. So today's show is a throwback to Afrotech 2020, um, Afrotech World 2020, I should say. Um, and we're talking about venture capital. See, venture capital these days, especially these days when technology is shifting so quickly, it's got to follow the convictions of passionate and studied investors. I mentioned on a previous episode that it seems like just six, nine months ago, all we could do was talk about what AR and VR would do to live experiences, whether we were in a business meeting using AR or VR or a ball game using augmented or virtual reality. Now, all of that seems to be overshadowed by the promise of Web3 and the metaverse. Further, black founders who may not have had the network to call in a friends and family round to fund their startup and get their ideas off the ground, they're determined to not be left behind. So our world today requires innovative venture funds to meet the need of black founders who are building the future. So I'm excited to bring you a talk from Afrotech World 2020 featuring Austin Clements and AJ Rilan of Slauson and Co. And they're discussing their fund and what's happening in Los Angeles with regards to venture capital with Aaron Samuels, who's co-founder and COO of Blavity. Uh, so Slauson and Co. is an early stage venture capital firm investing in the tools, platforms and people aiding in the development of small businesses. They believe in the power of entrepreneurship and aim to empower the best founders, regardless of their proximity to the traditional venture ecosystem. And Austin and AJ uh, have been doing this for years. They've been in the game for a long time. Uh, Austin Clements is a venture capitalist at Slauson & Co., where he invests in early stage technology companies. He was previously a principal at 10110 Ventures after beginning his career in investment management with Alliance Bernstein. 
He is the chair of Pledge LA, managing director at Grid 110, and a proud alumnus of Morehouse College and NYU Stern School of Business. And AJ Rolan is an entrepreneur, marketing branding specialist, and proactivist. Raised in Los Angeles by an entrepreneurial mother, AJ began his career on the production side of the entertainment industry before making his way into talent partnerships in the technology sector. Known for building community through the creation of compelling and authentic stories, AJ went on to partner with Nas to launch uh, Queensbridge Venture Partners, partner with Issa Rae to found Hilltop Coffee and Kitchen, and now is building Slauson & Co. with his co-conspirator, Austin Clements. Super excited to welcome Austin and AJ to Afrotech. Glad that you're here. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Aaron. We're, we're excited about this. We're excited for what you guys are doing with the Afrotech world, taking it to a whole nother level this year. We love it. Awesome. Awesome. We're really excited to have you on the stage. Um, and, and, you know, for those who don't know, you know, Austin and, and AJ, they're, they're really staples in the LA ecosystem. And they do a lot for a lot of people. Um, if you catch one of them on the street, they'll oftentimes have words of advice or mentorship. Um, so, you know, the, the feeling is mutual. We're really excited to have you on this stage. Um, so look, Austin, before, before we talk about your fund, I actually want to call attention to a piece that, that you recently dropped on Medium uh, called the, the Delusion Around Inclusion. Um, and my, my favorite part of the article was where you said, smart money realizes that venture capital firms entering the market with intentionality around inclusivity have a much larger pool of founders to choose from, working on a wider variety of innovative ideas. Now, I'm curious if you could talk a little bit more about this concept and uh, what motivated you to write that um, and what you're trying to accomplish in the article. Yeah, yeah thank you uh, for the question. Yeah, I mean, I, I wrote that. It was really born out of a couple of conversations that we were having already, you know, in the process of putting together this fund, uh, as you know, but others may not. We have to talk to a lot of people and sort of pitch our fund. And, you know, one of the sort of recurring themes and things that we've heard from, like, the outside marketplace is, like, you know, there are a lot of diversity funds popping up or a lot of people that are going after these markets and, you know, is it too crowded or, or is this too niche or is it not developed enough yet? And it was, you know, it was, it was mind boggling to me that these conversations were happening because the reality is if you look at the demographics of the U.S. Um, and how rapidly they're changing and how underrepresented we are in the tech industry, it, it, it's very clear that this opportunity is massive. And, you know, I, I, I repeat that. And when I would say that to different investors who invest in venture funds, you know, it would kind of be like an eye-opening moment for something that I thought was, was blatantly obvious. Um, and, and, and I think because of that, it made me say, you know what, maybe I should just, you know, put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard and, and, and actually, you know, spell it out for, for people how big this opportunity is. Um, and I did it, uh, published it, and, you know, it was well-received um, both by, like, other, other GPs, other VCs that are in the ecosystem, that are investors, that are, you know, people of color, um, Black, Latino, other. But it was also circulated pretty heavily in the community of people that do invest in venture capital funds. So it brought the attention to a lot of people of, like, hey, you know, maybe this is a real opportunity. And, you know, I've even heard rumblings that it actually led to a lot of internal conversations about, like, how do we figure this out and how do we and what is our place in this role and how do we take advantage of this opportunity? Because ultimately, that's what I think that people should be viewing it as. It's just a massive opportunity that's been historically overlooked. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. 
They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Yeah, to add to what he was saying, I think, you know, people naturally want to take this idea of diversity or inclusion or equity or parity, and they want to put it in this bucket of impact, which means you're compromising your returns. Uh, when in reality, you know, being impactful is a way to prove that you can generally, you know, generate competitive, if not outperform um, a lot of the people that are chasing after the same opportunities. Absolutely. Diversity does not mean charity. There is a real opportunity here. And if you have eyes on an opportunity that other people do- don't have, that makes you a good investor. So, I mean, I, I think that thesis is super clear and I, and I love that. Um, all right. So let's talk about then what you're building specifically to address that. Um, so first and foremost, let's talk about the name, uh, Slauson and Co. Uh, talk to me about, I'm from LA, but not everybody's from LA. So, so why don't you t- 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 tell me how, how that name specifically relates to, to what you're building? 
So as we were kind of thinking through like what our mission was and what we wanted to kind of create, what sentiment and like feeling we wanted to, you know, the bridge that we kind of essentially wanted to build both for the people that were investing in us and the people that we were seeking to invest in. We were thinking about what's Lawson, which is about a 20 plus mile stretch through South LA, which is predominantly black and brown community here. Um, You think of South LA as an area where a lot of culture originates and by the time it makes its way further north to more developed areas, uh, it gets rebranded and it doesn't necessarily get the credit that it that it deserves. And all of that culture kind of gets packaged up and exported throughout the world and the origin t- tends to get lost. But when we think of Slauson as the east to west thoroughfare and where it starts in the inland, mostly blue collar, um, mostly industrial area before making it stretch, uh, stretch west into mostly underserved, impoverished areas and then ending in some of the most um, prestigious black communities in the country. That's kind of the metaphor and the microcosm for what we kind of want to build uh, because we see a Slauson Avenue in every major metropolitan city across the country. And that's what we kind of want to tap into. And when we think of the ENCO, uh, it's really about the company that we keep. We're fortunate enough to have built a network of really highly respected, highly influential people that are mission aligned, that, that, that view the things that we view and see us as the vessel to kind of help bring them in and give them the ability to contribute and participate in what it is that we're building. So as we think about beyond the capital that we're uh, deploying into the founders that we back. It's also the networks, the mentorship, all of the collective experiences that both of us, as well as the people that we've enrolled in our journey, whether it's through investment or people that are just pledging to, to, you know, kind of help us do our part to kind of bridge the, the, the divide in our, in our nation's wealth. That's beautiful. No, and I, I hear you loud and clear. You know, there's 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 a Slauson in LA, but there's a Slauson there's a Slauson in every major city um, in, in this country, perhaps in the world. Um, it's yeah, and I could even add like add a little bit to that. You know, it's also the place where you know uh, where, where we have a lot of efforts and where we've gotten to know each other and kind of grew up. Um, you know, and 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 Slauson is just just a huge part of that. I have a, a team tech center that I did in conjunction. Uh, with Pledge LA uh, that's opening later this year um, that's just right off Sloss and, you know, AJ has businesses off Sloss and so it's, it's deeply meaningful to us and personal to us as well. But as AJ said, it's also about the company we keep. Yeah, and then as we, as we also kind of think through, you know, Sloss and Co. as a venture capital firm, we also have, we're very, um, you know, rooted in nonprofit work and advancing the mission in other ways. So, um, one of the things that we're looking to develop is what we're calling Austin, which is which is kind of the natural progression of a lot of the work that we mainly Austin has done recently around Grid 110, which is um, providing the resources for more entry level entrepreneurs uh, that may not quite be ready for venture funding, but can help them provide them with the platforms and the tools to kind of uh, absorb all that knowledge as they kind of go and, and pursue you know the inspiration or an idea that they've been following for a while. No, I love that. And, and for those of you listening, um, if, if you're an early stage entrepreneur that's proximate to the LA area, you should definitely check out Grid 110. Uh, they're doing really fantastic work. It's an amazing accelerator. I've had the opportunity to speak with a few of their cohorts. Aaron, love, love. Aaron, Aaron came in Aaron came in to hear uh, two-minute pitches and grilled people. I just want to know. <laughs> he was not easy. If you ever have to pitch Aaron on anything, <laughs> I want him to win. You know, I want him to win. Um, So, so, so then then rolling on this theme of community and the company you keep, Slauson, off Slauson, let's talk about about the community that you keep um, among one another. So tell me a little bit more about how how the two of you linked up. Um, Were you friends before this? Did you work together? How, how How did the two of you really, really come together for this? 
Yeah, so we've actually been friends for, for over 20 years in, in our teens. Uh, we always joke that we've been working together for a while. When I was in high school, I used to throw parties in Austin. We used to hire Austin to make our flyers. So technically, we've been transacting for a while. But I think nice. that, you know, the there's a, just always been an organic friendship and mutual respect and kind of a front row seat to what the other person was doing, whether it's an in, informal advisory role or just kind of watching from a distance through social media, seeing what the other people are up to, and then occasionally kind of, you know, um, hitting each other up for advice. So it's very organic. And I think that one of the things that really kind of resonated was once once uh, we the first Hilltop got open, Austin and I were spending a lot of time there and we were constantly reminded about the pool of untapped talent that was walking through those doors. Um, a lot of the folks that were working, you know, coffee shops are ground zero for, you know, phase ground, yeah, ground zero for the initial phases of a lot of entrepreneurial ideas. So as we were just kind of coming across people in passing and being reminded that a lot of the people that live in these communities were using their uh, lived experiences, their competitive advantage to build these businesses that are serving consumers that are all overlooked as well. So they're a huge, huge market. So as we were, you know, we were awesome with kind of thinking about what his next move was going to be. I, you know, I had some experience in the venture space um, through Queensbridge, but really thinking about moving towards more of an intentional capital model. And we, we thought of building a thesis around um, investing in underrepresented founders was something that was worth both of us finally coming together in an official capacity. And we both grew up off of blocks. So back to the name. That's, that, that's how that works. That's beautiful. Lo 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 love to hear those stories. You know, similarly, as you know, you know, the Blavity founding team, we were all friends in college and knew each other for, for a decade before really getting into this. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, I love that. I love that. And it's, 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 a, it's a shout out to the possible. Uh, so really, really yeah. appreciate that story. Um, all right, cool. So let's so let's um, let's get into into you, AJ, a little bit a little bit more. So, um, you know, not not everybody knows about you and all the amazing stuff that you did. But but I've been checking for you for a long time. Um, I, uh, I was a huge, huge Nas fan growing up, first of all, coming from the East Coast, you know, I grew up in, in, in Rhode Island. And um, if, if, if you were, you were East Coast, you know, growing up, it was, it was, it was, you know, Pac Biggie and then Jay and Nas and, and everybody had, had, had their own camp. And so, you know, seeing Nas create Queensbridge with you, um, getting that off the ground. I mean, really incredible to see um, the legends in hip hop move into the venture capital ecosystem in a way to give back to the community. Um, and then similarly, um, what what you what you've built slash are building with with Issa Rae, um, functioning on a similar type of pivot, not not from hip hop, but but from from Hollywood, from production, um, representative of the Black community, and kind of building something that is a staple in the Black community. Um, can you talk a little bit more about about how celebrities um, bring something to the table um, when we're talking about the the conversation of, of venture capital? Sure. Yeah, I, th I think that you know when you talk about some of the projects and the, and the movements that we built that we mentioned, it, it, it's critical to highlight like the the underlying mission of the brand or the the what the effort is to begin with. So you know, uh, Nas and Issa are obviously amazing people and they're luminaries in their own respective lanes. But in terms of how they naturally kind of aligned with what we were doing with with Queensbridge and Hilltop respectively, um, these are things that already had a had a, had a a clear mission. These are things that already had a clear purpose, had an audience that they served and had something that we, we had set out to do. So, you know, it's always, you see a lot of people that are working with different influencers or talent or celebrities even. Um, and, and, but it's, it's, it's really crucial to make sure that you're intentional about who you kind of bring into the fold and how they align with what it is that you're doing. And it, it takes a certain level of understanding and research and really trying to cater to what it is that they are and what they're about and who they represent and what their personal missions are and how 
what's already being built, whether it's a new company or a new effort or even us as individuals. So as I, you know, kind of going back to Slauson and we think about this company that we keep, we're kind of aggregating a lot of the relationships uh, that have that have that have kind of luminaries in a similar way. But now it's a, around this singular path of this is this is uh, this is the way that we're going to tackle this one. Um, aspect of what the current problem is, if you will, and how we're going to be able to leverage everybody's skill sets and their followings um, to be able to achieve our mission. No, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Austin, were you, were you trying to get in that? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you know, we yeah, fortunately, I mean, this guy's a crazy relationship network on the, on, on that side of things, but, um, and, and uh, having spent time around Hollywood and, 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 uh, just generally knows a lot of people from a coffee shop. I guess that's what happens when you own a coffee shop. Amazing. All, all from the coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. More than a coffee shop. Right. <laughs> exactly. Clearly, so, clearly. Um, right, right. No, so it's massive what they're doing. Um, so, you know, so so everything, you know, we have uh, uh, folks of culture that have, that, have, that have been interested in getting involved with what we're doing. And then, and then add to that, you know, we have, Silicon Valley luminaries that are excited about the work we're doing. Uh, for example, Ron Conway from SV Angel has uh, has been a fantastic mentor um, uh, as we started to build this firm. Um, you know, he's been extremely helpful and insightful uh, with, you know, just for us, you know, to, to think about how we want to get going and get our foot in the door um, with certain people that we're trying to get in touch with. So, you know, when I think about outside people or influencers, again, it comes back to the company we keep. Um, uh, and, and, and we'd love to have more and more people involved that, that are aligned with the mission. No, it's amazing. Love what you're bringing together, bringing together hip hop, Hollywood production, Silicon Valley, you know, all, all in one mix to give something back to the community. I think it's incredible. Um, so, so Austin, let's, let's double click on you then for, for a little bit. You know, you've been a seasoned investor uh, for, for a long time um, and have spent a lot of time learning, learning the expertise in a lot of different sectors with, with a specific uh, focus on small businesses and technologies that empower small businesses. Uh, so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more um, about when you're assessing companies uh, to give them a deal. And, you know, a lot of people listening in the Afrotech audience, a lot of people got companies here. They're looking for funding. They're looking for advice. Um, could you, could you yeah. drop a little bit of knowledge here about when you're assessing companies what are you looking for? Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. 
Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Sure, sure. So we, we uh, uh, first and foremost, we look for alignment, right? Like um, we're, we're, we're mission driven in a lot of ways in terms of, uh, you know, we think about economic inclusion. Um, and so we, you know, we think about everybody and making sure that they're, that we're, we're, we're properly represented. Um, but in terms of like, practically, what are the things that you should highlight when you, when you reach out to us? Um, for one, like, we want to know who we're going to be working with. Like, so we want to know the team, have an understanding of the people, um, their motivation for why they, um, why they're doing this business. Um, you know, entrep- entrepreneurship is hard. Doing a startup, high growth startup, tremendously hard as you well know Aaron like it's it's uh it's not it's, it's not for the faint of heart and so we want to know why <laughs> we want to know like why you're you're crazy enough to go after this idea um versus like you know at, at particularly at the earlier stages you could you could find a job that would be paying you a lot more and, and check out at, at five o'clock and you know and, and, and have a much quote-unquote easier life or whatnot but oftentimes yeah. what I found with, with startup founders is like they're deeply motivated by something and, and we want to have a really good sense of what that is and, and, and where they're trying to take it. Um, the other thing we look for, you know, is, is just the team holistically. So we look at the founding team, but like who have they been able to attract? Are there investors or advisors or, you know, we don't and we don't definitely don't require people to have had investment already. Um, we invest at the pre-seed and seed stage. Um, so we recognize the, the disparities that occur in our community. Um, in a lot of cases, we know that like you didn't have the $150,000 friends and family round uh, that got you to a place where, yeah. you know, yeah, of course I have 2,000 paying users because I was able to acquire them with an extra $75,000 worth of, you know, advertising. Um, we know that people don't have that sometimes. So. Uh, the thing that you'll, you'll, you'll probably won't hear from us is like the company is too early. You know, it might not be a fit or, you know, we see a lot of companies. So we're only going to take the top, call it 1% of, of companies we see, but it's not because you're not far enough along. Um, and so with that, you know, we're, we're trying to hear from, from everybody who, who sees what we're about. Um, um, and I could talk a little bit more about the categories if, if, if you want about like where we, where we see opportunity and what we invest in. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So say, say I'm at Afrotech and I've recently founded a company uh, and I'm trying to determine whether or not I should pitch you. 
Uh, tell me some things that I should be thinking about. Sure. So uh, again, we're driven by a mission of economic inclusion. Uh, the two categories or two areas that we think are sort of most interesting uh, represent us and our network. Uh, first is tools, technologies, and platforms that support small businesses. Um, so we look at a lot of SMB tech. Um, if you're building and your primary customer is a small business owner, uh, then we'd be excited to chat with you. Uh, the second is culturally relevant consumer products and services. So on the consumer side, we're looking at everything from you know tech platforms uh, to tech-enabled. Uh, AJ's done a phenomenal job in what they did with Queensbridge, investing in companies like Ring and PillPack, Lyft, and, um, and 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 lots of others. Uh, you know, we we so it could be that, but then also we're looking at people that, that just want to scale other businesses that may not that may be tech enabled but aren't like tech at the center of it. So we're excited for for any company that's looking to become a category leader in basically either of those two categories. And the reason why we're excited by that is it both represents an economic inclusion driver. Um, with small businesses is the primary way that, that, that our community creates wealth. And then on the culturally relevant, you know, you got to be of the culture to understand the problem. And then probably you hire more people of the culture mm -hmm. in order to, to, to deliver on that solution. Um, uh, and then so and if the company wins, then lots of people, uh, you know, are able to, 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 to succeed and reap the financial benefits of that as well. Um, so that's how we think about economic inclusion. That's how we think about where there's opportunities. And then, you know, in many cases, both of them are drastically underserved by the traditional venture community. SMB tech is an area that's starting to have a few people that are looking at it, but certainly I've never seen a fund that's really dedicated to this um, area. And then on the, you know, on the consumer side, like, like you know, you, you need people that have the authentic connection and the understanding. Uh, in order to, to to really get behind it, I've seen too many people like pitch companies to VCs where like you just have a whole lot of work to do to bring them up to speed on even what the challenges that you're trying to solve and address. You could tell me if you're familiar with that challenge, Aaron. With uh... <laughs> wouldn't know. <laughs> um, no, that makes that makes a lot of sense though. And so 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 just to recap, and you know. Real reductive here, but but small business enablement technology and culturally relevant consumer, right? So say I find myself into one of those categories, right? I know that I'm building a great thing, um, but I've never pitched a I've never pitched a VC before. I'm looking at the two of you. You seem friendly, couple brothers, you know, people of color, like you know, people that that, that I can resonate with. Um, what's the best way that I should that I should step to you? Um, like, how, what, what do you look for in, in, in a cold outreach? Um, are you looking for a deck, a whole memo, a model? You're looking for a high level summary? Like, like what is literally the best way for somebody from our community to approach you with an idea? Sure. So, um, uh, first of all, you could email us, meet us at slawson.co. Um, it's the, it's like a broad email. So you can, you can, you can just email us directly, but what you should include in that and what you should talk about is, uh, is exactly, you know, what the problem is that you're solving, why you're uniquely qualified to solve that and basically where you are. Um, you know, do you have new customers? Do you have, uh, some momentum behind you? What is it that you've, you've been able to accomplish? Um, but I, I think that, you know, also the, the, the context that I want to give for us, but broadly that I think will be more 
helpful to the entire audience listening to this is when you approach any VC, um, realize that, that, that between the time that they first meet you and the time that they typically make an investment in or, or commitment to invest in your company, they've probably spent a cumulative three hours in face-to-face conversations with you, which is not a whole lot of data to, to give, uh, you know, to say, all right, basically I've known you for three hours and you're going to cut you a check for a million bucks. Like, you know, it, 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 it does seem kind of crazy because it is a little crazy, but, um, but the reality is um, we have so few data points. So everything that every data point we get means a whole lot to us. So that's why you see a lot of VCs that require the warm intro. The reality is, is it does mean something. Somebody is introduced to me by somebody I know. If Aaron says, reaches out to me and says, hey, you know, here's this company. I've known this, this, this founder for the last two years. They've been working on this idea. And I love the progress that they have. I know what you're about. And I think it would fit. That means something to me. That's a significant signal. I'm relying on the information that Aaron knows who's a trusted source of mine. Um, so as, as frustrating as it is to hear other VCs talk about, oh, only approach me with a warm intro, um, that probably provides a little bit more context as to why that's required. Uh, but with that said, lots of people are able to get in touch uh, with, with, with VCs, with us or with other people. I mean, through everything from social media, you hitting people up, slide in the DM, just talking about what you're about. Hey, I just saw you tweet about, you know, uh, hair care products and how big of a market that is. Uh, let me, you know, I'm working on something. Would you be interested in me sending you over a deck? Um, but just know the, the ideal thing is that you talk to them and, and, what, and you speak to what you know about them specifically mm-hmm. rather than just give some blanket email to everybody. That's great advice. That's great advice. So just to just to recap what I heard, just just for the audience to make it clear. So get a warm intro if you can. Um, also recognizing you're not always going to be able to. Um, and then either way, uh, when you approach, you want to make sure that it includes what the problem is that they're solving, why they're uniquely qualified to solve it, and what have they done to date that proves that it's working. Right? Is am, am I right in, in that recap? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Awesome. Three paragraphs. Those are the three paragraphs that you write. Two to three sentences in each paragraph, and and maybe attach your deck, but not even required. Amazing, amazing. And yeah, and I, and I would echo that in terms of my experience with venture capital as well. Um, you know, a lot of times that's that's the that's the look, that's the opportunity, and you want to make sure that that you get it right in that first email. Um, so now now pivoting away from that a little bit, um, I want to talk about just what it's like to not just to invest in companies, but what it's like to actually start um, a venture capital firm. Uh, there's been a lot of conversation um, about, about investing in black communities. Uh, there's been a lot of, a lot of lip service um, by, by a lot of mainstream institutions, by a lot of white led institutions about investing in communities of color. Uh, and we've seen a little bit of traction happening too, in terms of seeing some capital uh, start to move. Um, not near, not near close to enough, but but you know we're we're just we're just getting started here. Um, and I know that you you were recently uh, selected um, by both uh, Alpaca and and PayPal. Um, just saw that announcement. Congratulations, by the way. Um, um, you. As as um, you know, as a, with a, with a few other kind of dozen um, fund led by diverse fund managers. Um, 
So that's amazing. Um, amazing that you were able to broker these partnerships and that you were able to secure relationships with, with LPs uh, or limited partners, which are investors in, in venture capital firms. So I was wondering, um, now switching gears away from companies, but for a second, but for the people in the Afrotech community that are considering maybe raising their own venture capital firm one day, um, breaking into that, uh, how can emerging uh, venture capital managers uh, better stand out? What are what are some of the things that, that emerging VCs should should be thinking about uh, before they go out and try to raise uh, their version of uh, Slauson & Co.? Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. Sure. Uh, first of all, I, I encourage it. Um, you know, we, we, we'd love to see more funds doing this work, and I, and I guarantee there's you know, enough pie for all of us to eat. And, and um, the, the, the reality is like, there's a, it's a hard thing to do and, 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 and a very expensive endeavor as well. Um, you know, if you're an emerging manager, I remember Charles Hudson who worked at Precursor, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for um, as like uh, a, a black led GP, I mean, black led VC fund, um, that, you know, broke a lot of ground for a lot of us that are trying to make a name in the industry. Um, you know, Charles first told me, like, you know, be prepared to not take a salary for 18 months. And like, and, you know, and that's, uh, that's something that most people couldn't stomach. For that matter, I couldn't stomach, uh, you know, being totally candid. Um, and I was foolish enough to say to myself, um, well, if the average person does it in 18 months, I could do it in nine. <laughs> and I was completely wrong. <laughs> and so, you know, the reality is like, like it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard process uh, to, to start your own fund. Um, but the benefit is now is that you have a lot of different institutions that are waking up to the fact that our perspective are totally underrepresented in this category yeah. and that there's a phenomenal investment opportunity associated with it. So when I think about like investment opportunities and, and how you position a fund, of course, you got to talk about differentiating yourself. If you ever need to, to dispel the myth that there's too many diversity funds, 
you could point them to my blog post that uh, uh, that Aaron referenced earlier. Um, but 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 more than anything, you know, just just lean into your authentic self and the things that you know, the things that you appreciate. Yeah, and I think one of the things that we were actually talking about earlier today was, um, you know, starting a venture capital fund is not that much different than starting a startup, right? You still need to go out and put out what what is the problem that you're solving for. Um, why are you uniquely um, capable or the, the person or one of the people that are going to go out and solve it? How are you going to be successful? You still need to go out and find your lawyer. You still need to find out who's going to do all your accounting and bookkeeping and administrative work. So, um, yeah, I think it's often overlooked what it kind of goes into, what it kind of goes into it for us to just get to, to, to get to the starting point. Because we've been laying that. I remember when Austin called me like, quit my job. And I was like, nobody told you to do that. <laughs> we weren't, not, we're not, uh, I don't, are we there yet? Okay, let's, let's do it. And, you know, but it was just that kind of commitment that you need to have. And it's like, you know, obviously we, we both have our independent track record and of things that we've done, but, you know, for all intents and purposes, we were considered first time fund managers because we haven't done it together. So that the other thing that it's worth mentioning and highlighting, this kind of goes back to the previous question as well as the current question is like, who is the team? And who are you doing this with? And, you know, what is the track record of the team and working together? And why is everybody there uniquely qualified um, to, to, to kind of create the type of chemistry that's going to show that type of success? No, I love that. Maybe you could talk about, like, like how we thought about our unique position and, and even the, the, the demographics that we're going at. Yeah, I mean, I mean when, we're, when, we're, when we were first talking about uh, putting a fund together, we were looking at Austin's skill set uniquely, you know, the, the success that he's had in the B2B and the enterprise space, and then mine more so in the consumer space. And then looking even at the complementary networks and the reach that we have, uh, whether it's within the, the tech or the philanthropy community or the, the entertainment or the hospitality community, down to the political community. And then as we think about building out our advisor network, which is another thing that startup founders should be thinking about, enrolling people into joining them and donating their time and their, um, and their skill sets and their own Rolodex is, it just comes down to who are these strategic partnerships, whether it's on a day-to-day, -day, we're gonna be working on this or the people that are kind of aligned with your mission. Um, and then how does that complement each other? Cause you don't wanna, there's really not that much use of people coming from the same vantage point. You need to be able to challenge each other's viewpoints and you need to have conviction in different ways. And part of what we need to do is, you know, we're, we're in the business of meeting, you know, we're gonna meet, probably the minute that these announcements start to go live, we're going to get a flood of people emailing us, especially now that you gave them our email address. Um, people that are like, hey, I got the same idea. And we, it's, it's our job to have a filter and to have, you know, complimentary skill sets to use our best judgment to, to, get to, a, to get to a yes. Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. Fantastic. That email address is meet us at slauson at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> awesome 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 so uh so so b before we wrap um you, you know one of the things that i've that i've seen a lot um some of the best best investors that i know um both vcs and and kind of broader i have a big perspective about where the world is going um and 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 that 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 perspective oftentimes informs how you place your bets on companies um so i was wondering you know it, to close if you could each just share share with me your vision um what's going to happen over the next couple decades in the world that is influencing how you're going to be making your investment decisions i think that the difference between the last decade and this upcoming de decade, um, 2010 to 2020 versus 2020 to 2030, um, one of the biggest changes will be this idea of, of, uh, of, 
of this position of neutrality um, that the last decade sort of planted a flag and stood behind. And it was, it was all of the biggest platforms are saying, we don't stand for anything. We want, you know, to be a platform for everybody else to, to, to say what they want, do what they want, act how they want, and we are technology providers. Um, not going to cut it going forward. Um, people are going to use uh, and, and, and support the products and services that are aligned with their values. And there's going to be so much more transparency around what the values of a company, what the values of a founder, you know, and what the values of a team are. People are going to align with them. And, and so the, the, the biggest change that I see is, you know, people having more variety and aligning themselves with products and services that are built for them. And that just didn't exist before. Um, and, 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 you know, there's, I just don't think you're going to hear too many more announcements about, you know, company-wide policies of, you know, no public policy stances or anything like that. I think that started to break with everybody announcing that Black Lives Matter, uh, you know, on their social media. But, but, but beyond that, it's, it's, it's going to be like, where do you as a company stand on this issue? Um, and, and it's not just politics. It's about, it's about representation. And I think to, to add to that, it's really, you know, the, 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 the brands that people are going to be building and speaking to these communities and teaching people how to think and talk about what it is that they do in such a unique way. Um, you know, I, I think as things have like over the last decade been more broad, you're going to start to see more, you're already seeing it, more niche communities like the ones that you guys are building um, and people that are hyper-focused on serving those communities in a meaningful way. It's more of a inch wide and a mile deep rather than like, let's spray and pray and see how many users we can acquire, but you know, not making money because we're just generally, generally trying to acquire anybody that gives a shit about what we're talking about. is a production of Blavity Afrotech on the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia. It was produced by Morgan DeBon and me, Will Lucas, with additional production support by Love Beach and Marissa Lewis. And special thank you to Micah Davis, Jermaine Hall, and Sakara Savanyan. You know, like the one. Yes, that's his real name. Learn more about my guests and other tech disruptors and innovators at afrotech.com. And if you enjoy Black Tech Green Money, leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Go get your money. Peace and love. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! 
<laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue.